Hello and welcome to the podcast edition of ANC's Matters of Fact. I'm Christian Esguera. For today's podcast, we're joined by Dean Soledad de Riquito Mawis. She's the uh, Dean of the School of Law or College of Law of the Lyceum University of the Philippines. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much and thank you for inviting me. Okay, our topic today is something that's very close to your heart and to your experience. I'm not saying that you are <laughs> involved in divorce, but uh, what I mean is that this is something that you are involved in terms of work. Yes. Because I, you specialize I, yes. in family law, right? I teach and actually I'm a family law lawyer. Okay. Yes. Now, there are, again, efforts to introduce a divorce law in the Philippines. And usually the, 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 the contention that we hear is that the Philippines is the only other country other than the Vatican that yes. doesn't have a divorce law. Yes. Now, the basic question is, is this something that we really need in the Philippine context, in our own context here? Honestly, the answer is yes. I think the Filipinos should be given a choice whether they would like to avail of a divorce law or not. It does not necessarily mean that if we have a divorce law, all marriages will end in divorce. So I think it's a choice that should be given to all Filipinos. Why? Well, there are, let's face it, there are marriages that are really loveless, okay? Or there are really marriages that would subject one of the couples or both of the couples to, um, let's say, uh, unhappiness, physical abuse, domestic violence. So let's terminate the marriage instead of allowing one person to be kept imprisoned just because they're married. Okay. Now, before we talk about the intricacies of a divorce law or as proposed in the Senate now and in the House of Representatives, let's talk about the available means Mm -hmm. or opportunities for those loveless marriages in the Philippines now. So what what options do they have under the Philippine Constitution? There are three, actually. A petition for declaration of nullity of marriage, which you would want a marriage to be declared null and void from the very beginning. Second will be a petition for annulment of marriage because the marriage is voidable. And the third one is a petition for legal separation, which means there are grounds that existed during the marriage that would allow the parties to physically live apart. But the marriage is still intact and valid. Okay, let's talk about the differences, the fine differences, especially between nullification of a marriage and annulment. Okay, when you say it's a petition for nullity of marriage, okay, at the time of the celebration of the marriage, which means the I do's, no, there existed a crown that rendered the marriage null and void from the very beginning. So there was no marriage to speak as, of. Yes, there's no marriage to speak of. As if, uh, examples would be, if you married, let's say, your brother or sister, if you marry your first cousin, or if you marry, let's say, uh, one of the parties at the time of the celebration of the marriage, is uh, psychologically incapacitated to fulfill and perform the marital or the essential marital obligations of marriage. Or underage. Or underage. Uh, if you marry somebody, let's say, below the age of 18, that is correct. So it's null and void from the very beginning. Again, so the, the clarification is there was no marriage that existed. Yes, there was only a ceremony. Okay. But under the law, it's void. Now, when you talk about a marriage that can be annulled. Okay. When you say a marriage is uh, annullable, it means it is voidable. It is valid until it is set aside. So uh, marriage took place. Yes, marriage took place and it's technically a valid marriage. But because there existed a ground at the time you exchange I do's, it became voidable 
as I said, valid until set aside, which means you're given a period of time within which to file a petition for annulment. Unlike in a petition for declaration of the annulity, there is no, it's not subject to prescription. So and like, like how much time is given? To, you're only to given a period of five years as a general rule within which to file a petition for annulment. There is one ground within the lifetime of the couple concerned. No? Uh, example of a ground to declare a marriage, uh, to, to annul a marriage. What if at the time of the celebration of the marriage, one of the parties did not disclose to the other party that he is a lesbian or he is a homosexual or he is a drug addict or um, he's an alcoholic, okay? That would constitute fraud. And because of this fraud, the other party or the injured party, the one who did not know at the time the marriage was celebrated that the other party is suffering from that kind of condition, the offended party has a period of five years from the discovery of the fraud within which to file a petition for annulment. If that person does not file, then the marriage will be valid. So that because the presumption is that you already accepted. Yes, yes. There's already, and then you cohabitated. You know, um, cohabited rather. Okay. But, but what is the, the, the logic behind that? Why okay. only give that five years? Because like what you said, it is already acceptance and then you cohabited with this person and cohabitation means living together under one roof and performing all of course uh, the the uh, all the essential obligations of marriage most especially cohabitation meaning they have they live together under one roof and engage in sexual intercourse but what if let's say the alcoholism or it, it worsened after five years it's all right but the but the period is only five years so, so you have to have you have to make a decision, okay, whether you would want to file that uh, a petition for annulment of marriage. Otherwise, you're trapped in that marriage forever. Uh, well, or do you have any other options? Okay, yes, you may consider filing a petition for legal separation, but then again, uh, you're still married. The marriage is not null, uh, is not annulled or terminated. Not, you don't use the word terminated because when you use the word terminated, you are terminating a valid marriage. Okay. This yes. one is annulled. Annulled. So it, it retroacts from the date the marriage was celebrated. Okay. So let's say you are in a marriage and then the, the, the spouse is, a, is an alcoholic. Yes. You're given five years. If at the time of the celebration of the marriage, okay, that, that person did not disclose to the other party that he's suffering from that condition, the answer is yes, because that failure to disclose would constitute fraud. So let's say you discovered that condition after three years. Then you have you five. Count, you count five years from, from the discovery. Yes. But if you didn't uh, file for annulment within five years, yes, then the marriage stuck. is valid. Yes. You're stuck with yes. that person. Yes. Now, the only option available is you may want to consider filing a petition for declaration of nullity of marriage on the ground of Article 36. Which is the psychological incapacity. Yes. And you would, and if there is an expert witness who can say that this alcoholism is but a manifestation of a disordered personality, you may, cons you know, the theory will no longer be annulment, but nullity. But, you know, when you file a petition for um, a nullity of marriage on the ground of Article 36, you really have, it's very stringent because the, the requirements are very stringent. You have to prove root cause, you have to prove incurability, 
you have to prove gravity. And when we say root cause, you have to go back to the time when you were raised. You know, you talk about the family, under what conditions you were raised, because you the, the, the theory there is you have a disordered personality. Now, which one is more difficult to obtain? Nullity or annulment? I think it's nullity. So it's easier to go for annulment? Yes. In terms of evidence, okay? In, especially if we're talking about Article 36. That's more difficult. But let's say if the ground is you married your brother or sister, that would be a lot easier to prove. But which is the most uh, or the more common ground or option used in the Philippine context? Okay, Article 36, psychological Psycho incapacity. Psychological yes. incapacity. Yes, yes. Now, how difficult is it to secure inality under that? Difficult. difficult. Usually, how, how, how long does it take for the process to be completed? Uh, you know, I cannot say that it is the delay, if at all there's a delay, is solely attributable to the courts. No, to the contrary, it's just that there are too many cases that were are being heard by the court, and so you need now this. You, you need to ensure that there's proper schedule, and even if the court gives you the schedule, there are times when you cannot present your witness only because the witness is unavailable. There are factors beyond your control. So, if you ask me, how many years? Maybe a year and a half. That would be the minimum. Minimum one year and a half. Yeah, I think so. It will be a year and a half. Now, how, how common is legal separation as an option? How many people usually avail of that? Um, very, that's very seldom. It's very seldom, but maybe in the scale of one to 10, only the scale of three out of three would file a petition for legal separation. Because I suppose the objective of a spouse or the other or both of them is to actually have the marriage annulled or, or nullified. nullified. Here in marriage, in legal separation, even if you're physically separated from one another, as I said earlier, the marriage is still intact. You cannot remarry. You cannot remarry. Otherwise, you'll be charged with bigamy. You cannot have sexual relations relations with another person because you might be charged with adultery mm -hmm. or even concubinage. So the question is, how come people still would like to opt, let's say, for legal separation? You know, I think, um, objectively speaking, uh, it's more of the dissolution of the property regime. And when the properties are dissolved, pursuant to a decree of legal separation, the one who is in bad faith, okay, he share in the net profits of the conjugal or absolute community property will be forfeited in favor of the common children. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then there is also a requirement that you have to deliver the presumptive legitime. And what is this presumptive legitime? In Tagalog, yung mamanahin. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's given in advance. So it's more of the peso and centavo that will be the net effect really of a petition for legal separation. So that is the, the more contentious issue. Yes. Now, yung common complaint, let's say for those who are actually supportive of a divorce law in the Philippines, cases where uh, the wife is severely beaten up or repeatedly beaten up by, by the husband, what are the options available? We know that we have the vowsy. Yes. Okay, but if you want to quit or leave that marriage. Okay, then I would suppose that you can have a theory that, that physical violence exhibited, let's say, by the husband 
is but again a manifestation of a disordered personality. So the theory will be Article 36. Again, so you, psychological incapacity. Yes, naman. but you cannot just focus on the violence. Because if you just focus on the violence, the petition will be dismissed. Why? Because it is only a ground for legal separation. You have to tie up that physical violence with a root cause. In other words, sanang galing at bakit siya nagkaroon ng, you know, how come he's physically violent? No, in reality, let's say you are a wife who's not well off, mm-hmm. you don't have the the means of income, wala kang, ano, wala kang gainful employment, yes. but you're victimized by a very abusive husband. Physical abuse. Mm-hmm. I suppose kasama rin yung mental, yes. emotional. So, so what options are available to you? You mentioned those that are mentioned by law, pero in reality, what do they do? No, you know, if you really do not have any means, you can always go to the public attorney's office. You can always go to the Integrated Bar of the Philippines and they will be able to help you. Now, if But you are they actually able to accommodate? Oh, yes, yes. Of course, there will be conditions, I meaning to say, you know, compliance with certain criteria. But they can accommodate. Now, if the option is just you want to be freed from such abusive environment, what can you do? You can, let's say, file a petition for legal separation if you don't want the marriage to be declared, you know, you want the marriage still intact. Or number two, you can file a petition for VAUSI, which is civil, that is to stop the perpetrator from accessing you. Mm-hmm. Okay, And that can be made permanent. Or you can file a criminal case under VAUSI and he will be held criminally liable and that would mean he will be imprisoned and pay a certain fine. Now, of course, uh, during academic discussions, that might sound easy. Yes. Easier said than done. But when you talk about the specific context of couples, sometimes yes. uh, it's very difficult to, to convince the wife to even avail of the provisions of the VAUSI because they have children, for example, yes. or they have an emotional attachment to the husband still despite what the husband has been doing. That is very true. You know, it's not easy to say, I, I'm giving up. It takes a lot of uh, courage, emotional maturity, and sometimes financial capability. Or independence. For, or, and independence for a woman to say, that's enough, I want out. So whenever I deal with uh, women, of course, it's the first thing I ask. Are you, more than the financial capacity, are you really emotionally prepared? It's like burning the bridges, okay? So you just don't file, and then later on, you know, just retreat because you have reali- you you realize that you know you cannot live without this man, mm-hmm. or you're yeah. willing to endure. You're willing to endure th- that kind of relationship yes, yes. for the sake of the children. Yes, yeah, that's very true. And no. you know how it is in Filipino settings. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's such a thing as martyr, mm-hmm. okay? And you're you're raised that way by your parents, saying you don't turn your back and walk away from a marriage. You have to hang on. Okay, now this divorce proposal, proposed divorce law in the Philippines, what actually can it offer? What okay. advantages? Um, the advantage being, you can terminate a valid marriage. In other words, tapos na. Okay? It's not legal separation because legal separation, you can physically separate, you know, but still the marital, uh, married, marital bond is still subsisting. But if it's a petition for divorce, all you have to prove are the grounds that existed during the marriage and then when there's a divorce decree, that's final, but means that you're no longer married. And you don't have to prove any psychological disorder? Well, based on the, based on the proposal of, if I'm not mistaken, the House or the, maybe the House or the Senate, 
what they did was grounds for petition for legal separation are now grounds for divorce. Psychological incapacity is likewise a ground for divorce. So there are two different things. So the, 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 the menu of options is still uh, available. Yes, yes. But the other option is given, which is to terminate the marriage. Yes. And when you say terminate, tapos na. You're no longer husband and wife. Now, the next important question for those who are supporting a divorce law, is it easier to avail? I don't want to say that you know it's going to be easier to avail because it's it's still going to you has, you still are required to go to court and file a petition because sometimes your, I think that is the unfortunate perception yes that once you have a divorce law in the Philippines it would be easier for 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 couples stuck in loveless marriages to actually quit no I don't think so because as I said we still have to go through the courts and obtain a judicial divorce decree. Unlike in other countries, you can go, let's say, to the city hall and by consent, you just file uh, a petition and administratively it will be given. Based on the proposal, you still have to go to court. So the delay, um, I think, will not be addressed because with all the more reason you're giving now the parties to avail of this new option, okay, and there will be more cases to be filed. How about if we make it easier? Just like what they're doing in other countries. Uh, that is my concern. While I said earlier that divorce is, um, how would I put it, is a most opportune remedy at this point. Making it super easy, I think that will be where the other groups will really come in and say, you know, then the inviolability of the marriage as, as a social institution will be eroded. Because it's going to be very easy. And somehow that might lead to a mockery. Yes, of, of the, the marriage, institution itself. Yes. I, I really believe in the institution. Okay, I really believe in the institution. But so you have to have real grounds and you have to prove it before you can say that the marriage should be terminated. Now, this idea of irreconcilable marital differences, we hear this particular concept or term usually in the context of discussions regarding divorce. Uh, the fear is that if you include this as a ground, it might be uh, an opportunity, a window, to make divorce easy. Is, yes, is it, that true? It, yes, because it is undefined. The problem when you, ha you have a concept that is undefined, anything can be used to just, you know, the concept of irreconcilable differences can be used to justify any dissension in the marital relationship. So I, I think that's where, that's that's uh, that ground. I think is one of the contentious issues that must be resolved. I don't think the Filipinos and even the Catholic Church would agree, would really agree or subscribe to the idea that this can be a ground. In my mind, let's do it slowly. Let the Filipinos first accept the concept, and later on it can be amended. If you really want to have irreconcilable differences as one of the grounds. So can we not include irreconcilable differences as a ground at when, this time? And perhaps introduce it later on or include it as a ground but make sure that that, that is prop properly defined. Correct. You are very correct. Either you define it so it will not be subject to abuse or if that's the only ground that is most contentious to a number of uh, uh, groups, then take it out. 
You but, can always amend the law anyway. But usually, how do they make use of that ground? Let's say in other countries where there is a divorce law. You don't even have, you know, when you say irreconcilable differences, in some countries, they use it to justify the filing of a joint petition, no contest. Just say irreconcilable differences. You don't want to be married anymore. Yeah, it's just that we cannot live together as husband and wife because there's, you know, we're always in conflict, so we terminate the marriage. So you don't need to put any justifiable yeah. reason? Yeah. Or you don't need to even mention any reason? You, all you have to state there is irreconcilable differences. And it is, and you don't even have to do, you don't have to wash your dirty linens in public. What you can do is actually just file a joint petition on the ground of irreconcilable difference and since and since you have already agreed that that is the ground then there's no need to prove it in court but what if the other spouse doesn't want to quit or leave the marriage uh, then that it's going to be very contentious the petitioner will have to, to file the case and prove it in court but they can still cite uh, irreconcilable yes. differences yes so it seems to me that this can even include ridiculous reasons. Is that correct? Yes. You, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you, you see your husband and he snores or, mm. you know, so loud you cannot sleep or subject, his way subjects you to emotional distress, anything. Oh, my habits it, that you habits, didn't know about before. Yes, yes. But to my mind, it should not include those grounds because marriage, again, it will erode. You know, the principle of inviolability of marriage as a social institution. Now, is that the, the, the fact that the Philippines, other than the Vatican, is the only country in the world without a divorce law, is that something that we should be ashamed of or should be proud of? Both. Both because we value marriage. As I said earlier, I value the sanctity of marriage. I'd, I'd rather see people you know, living together and, and staying married until the, you know, until the their, yeah, end, end years. But ashamed in the sense that uh, why would we allow people to stay stuck in a marriage when both of them want out of the marriage and they're living separate lives in the sense that they have their own families? Now we are propagating sin, I think. We are allowing people to sin more if we will make them stay stuck you know, in that kind of situation. Now, how will a divorce law actually help the poor? Poor couples. Uh, it's not more of, um, it's giving them freedom. And it's not only for the poor, it's also for the rich. To my mind, at the end of the day, you want freedom. You want freedom from abuse. You want freedom from a loveless marriage. You want to be whole again. <laughs> because yeah. usually that's what the... That's one of the contentions or arguments that they raise mm -hmm. in support of divorce. Mm -hmm. That the mechanisms or options available now under the law uh, are, are not only tedious but also expensive mm -hmm. and they cannot be availed of by, of by the poor. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you introduce a divorce law, how would that help the situation? You know, when you say the poor, as I said, if you don't have money, there are agencies in the government that can provide you free legal services. But again, as things stand now, how much would it cost you, let's say, if you want to avail of uh, annulment or declaration of nullity? Can I invoke my right against self-incrimination? Unfortunately, <laughs> no. this is not uh, a Senate hearing or a court of law, so okay. we don't have that freedom yeah, yeah, here. Okay. It really depends upon the lawyer, okay, who is handling the case. It can go 
Okay. It depends pati on what ground. Okay, let me cite you an example. Petitions for nullity on the ground of Article 36. Psychological incapacity. Psychological incapacity. As a matter of course, you have to get a psychologist or a psychiatrist to who will act as your expert witness. Okay? And the psychiatrist or the psychologist will charge your client and it's a fee separate from you. Okay? From the lawyer. From the lawyer. Okay? So there will be two fees, the expert witness's fees and your fees. So by that alone, you know that you it will require you more than 50000 more than 100000 Yeah, so how can someone who doesn't exactly. have a gainful income afford that kind of uh, okay. fee? Yes, that, that is one of the problems. No? And if they go to the to IDP and uh, or, for example, the uh, public attorney's office, well, I think they will have to be referred to a psychologist or psychiatrist to be able to file that case. Mm -hmm. Now, what if you don't use Article 36? Let's say, some other reason. Kunwari lang ito, someone is uh, being repeatedly beaten up. Yeah. So you beaten by, by the husband. So you file for legal separation. Yes. Oh, that's not going to be very expensive. Not maybe between 50 to 75, 100. Mahal pa rin. Yeah. Paano naman di kikita yung abogado? So yung rate, it also depends on the lawyer. Yes, because you know if there is no ano, there's no um, standard rate, okay? Standard rate by which you can um, you can say, oh, this is how much the service is. It really depends. How true are reports that somehow certain annulment or declaration of nullity can be obtained uh, as long as a client is willing to pay? Meaning, yung mga under the table arrangements. Well. And they can doctor okay. certain data or information or reports you, coming from a psychologist. You hear these things. Hmm. You hear these things. And in fact, there was, I've, I'm what I've heard that there are certain courts, okay, or there are certain judges who were uh, administratively held liable for this. But so far, personally, I've not experienced it. The judges I appear before, they're very straight. So under a divorce regime, okay, dito sa ano, yung proposed divorce law, can it make things cheaper actually or more affordable? Or it, it will be more of the same? I think initially it will be the same, especially if you will have to go to court. That would require still preparation. Uh, you know, that would require, let's say, um, you know, appearing in court. So you'd still have to pay attorney's fees. It's just siguro uh, what benefit will you get from the from a divorce proceeding? It might be uh, shorter, especially if it's not going to be contested. But I think the public prosecutor in the proposed bill will still be required to appear. Because I think sometimes those I also hear the questions like this. Sometimes they say, if you're a celebrity, you're willing and able to pay. It might be easier for you to obtain nullity or or annulment. No. You know, let me put it this way. Is that way. a myth or? Uh, no, it's not a myth. I, it's more of, I think, okay, before the art, you file it, you file the case before the regional trial court. Let's assume the worst. And this is just as assumption because I've, as I've said, I've never experienced this. No? Let's assume they were able to do something miraculously. Mm. But remember, there is always the OSG, the Office of the Solicitor General, who represents the state. And the OSG appeal uh, files first a motion for reconsideration. If it's denied, brings it up to the Court of Appeals. 
And if, let's say, the Court of Appeals reverses or, uh, or affirms the decision, it can be brought up to the Supreme Court. So it doesn't mean that if you are moneyed, you're assured that you'll be able to get you know, uh, a nullity or let's say an, a decree of annulment because it can go up to the Supreme Court. Or sometimes can that also be li a liability because the public knows that uh, yes. Yes. you're very popular and you're uh, yes, trying to avail of annulment. Yes, but proceedings, let's say, involving those kind of petitions are really confidential. Okay. Yeah. Well, Dean Soridad de Riquito Mawis, thank you very much for thank joining you, us on this you. podcast. That's it for today's episode of Matters of Fact. I'm Christian Esquera. See you again next week in this podcast.